Hello, everyone, and welcome to Fanny's Talking Brick. This is the Rocky Lombardi Show presented to you by On Tap Sports and brought to you by Fanny's Talking Brick. I'm your host, Brandon Suarez. You can follow me on Twitter at B.300. You can throw our main account and follow at Huskies on Tap. Every week leading up until midweek action, I will be joined by Rocky as well as other NIL sponsor Huskies here at Fanny's to talk NIU football. Probably wondering where Rocky is right now. I'm joined by him and center Pete Niger this evening. They're going to be coming in right after practice. They'll be here in about 15 minutes. But this past weekend, there was a football game. I can confirm a game was played. Probably should have won it. Did not win the game. Ended up losing 44 to 38 in overtime. It's a game that we had control of, honestly, for like 51 minutes. To find a way to blow it in the fourth quarter, blow 21 and a 17 point lead. And now we sit in the season on, on this season. So far, we are one and four. So, only one in the conference play, obviously, of the three losses in non conference in the Eastern Illinois. But the season is not looking the way that we all anticipated it will. A lot of players have gone down with injuries. And then, in addition to the injuries, we just haven't played good football. Some of it's been coaching. It's been a little bit of everything. But the one thing that we haven't had as winning football this year, really, just winning week one of our four-game losing streak. This upcoming week, it doesn't get any easier. We have a homecoming week. Make sure to stay tuned to our Fatty's social media pages. There's a lot of stuff going on this weekend here at Fatty's for homecoming weekend. And obviously, don't forget to get out to the game. They do end up taking on Toledo this afternoon at Husky Stadium. This Saturday afternoon at Husky Stadium at 2.30. But let's kind of break down what really happened this past weekend. So we go into Muncie, Indiana, another week we're down our starting quarterback, down the starting cornerback, down the starting tackle, receivers, a lot of players, right? They don't make any excuses. They come out in the first half. They really took whatever they wanted on offense. And on the defensive side of the football, Ball State really was not able to move the ball. They weren't able to get points. And we had full control of the game at the half. The second half, even all the way up until the fourth quarter, you could say the same. But once that fourth quarter started, it was like we couldn't get the clock to get down to zero quick enough. And that's a strange thing because if you remember last season, last season we had a lot of games where we could end up taking six, seven to eight minutes down on drive. We would be able to close those games out. That's ultimately what we needed from this team this past uh, Saturday. And they just weren't able to get it done. But this game by the numbers, Harrison Whaley on the day had us 30, 30 carries, 230 yards, half trip of touchdown from the ball of 68 yards. Ethan Hampton, 17 of 29, 194 yards, two touchdowns in the fifth. Obviously not the greatest day at the quarterback position, but that should be good enough to get the job done. And then in the receiver room, someone that we actually had the pleasure of talking to last week, Casper Rukowitz led the way. Six or six receptions, 89 yards, two touchdowns, and get along with 31. Now, obviously, the crowd enjoyed the Cowboy Arms for full time. They had eight catches for 87 yards. So, that's a great game for the receiver run, great day for the running backs. Justin Lynch, the young brother of Jordan Lynch, had 15 carries for 89 yards. And in the absence of Rocky, it's been good to see that they've been able to incorporate both quarterbacks in the offense. Whether it's been Justin on the running fence, Ethan on passing, or a little bit of both at certain times. The issue with this game, 
ultimately comes down to the defense, and we weren't able to get stops and we needed them. We were going to stop in overtime, we got it, and missed the field goal, and then we weren't able to capitalize and get points in overtime. So ultimately, he ended up losing the game by six, but there was a lot of missed opportunities early in the game. You have an interception early in the game by C.J. Brown. You're not able to grab seven points, maybe grab three instead. You have a missed field goal by John Richardson that ultimately could have been the difference at the end of the game. Obviously, you can't put the game all on one play, but if you pile up all the mistakes and all those small, minute things that don't go your way over the course of the football game, you can't be mad at the end of the day when you don't get those things done and you don't win. On the defensive side of the ball, giving up 44 points to a ball state team that I don't even think has snipped 30 in this season is absolutely unacceptable. So, yeah, going into this game, they scored 31 against a very stable and went back and went crazy. So, this ball state team is not better than them. We just did not play our best game. We obviously went down a few people. So, you have to make up for it in other ways. One of the things that I took from Coach Hander in the press conferences just over the course of the season is that when you have your backups play, you have to get better play from the other players around them. And right now, we're not doing that. We're not getting complimentary football. We're not getting these opportunities in the red zone of capitalizing on them. We're selling for field goals and stuff like that. I feel like every time we get a touchdown, it's not like uh, a broken player. It's like a 30 or a 40 year, but it's never. Just, yeah, we, we got down to the red zone. It was a 15 play drive and it worked out. For whatever reason or not, we have not been able to finish drives. And then if we flip it over to the other side of the ball, on the defense, they just have not been able to answer the ball week in and week out. Probably one of the worst units in the map. They have to continue to get better at the small things, getting better at the coverages, getting better at tackling, stuff of that nature. The small things, you wouldn't even think that at the college level they need to work. What our defense does statistically, Dave and Rainer, another nine tackle game, Devin Lafayette, nine tackles on the day. Uh, Amarion Knighton, the freshman who kind of got thrust into this role his freshman year because of the injuries, 10 total tackles, but you never really want to see a box score after the game where your quarterback or your safety has to get 10 tackles. It works out if they get there, but you want to have the second level or first level of your defense creating more havoc. On the day, we only had one sack. Devontae Allen was surprised there. He's had sacks, I think, in three consecutive games. And there was a lot of people pressures that they just weren't able to get home. On the offense, I think we've been very one-dimensional in the sense that, yeah, we ran for 330 yards on Saturday, but we were able to get the job done in that aspect. But teams know in pressure situations and third downs and fourth downs what type of plays we're going to be running, how predictable they come. I look at it like this we need to get well, two things. We need Rocky to come join me at this table, but we need Rocky to come back to the seat. We need our quarterback back, we need our leader back. And I feel although Ethan and Justin have done a great job to get through the rest of the conference schedule, we're going to need to be at 100%. And I think you get guys like Rocky back, you get guys like Jordan Gandy back, you get guys uh, like JJ Wood back with him this week, the team will only continue to get better. But there's not a lot of room for errors. So at 1 and 4 this week, obviously, we have Toledo for homecoming. Following the in Eastern Michigan, at Eastern Michigan, play Ohio at Ohio, I thought. 
Like Central Michigan, like Western Michigan, like Miami, Ohio, all the places. A big, big game are based off what we have three in the last few weeks. We can get after the last game of the season at home, senior night. Uh, it's on Saturday, too. It's not going to be a big I'm a little surprised with that. It's usually a really big match to close the season out. But that's fine. I'll take the Saturday game. A lot better than the end of this. But you really look at the schedule for what it is. And so we know this is a They've been playing football in the new one. You know, it's not going to be to 17, 38 to 17 against Central Michigan last week. Week before they dropped uh, San Diego State. Obviously, we're going to lose to Ohio State. They pop up in the last game long time. They haven't really played anyone outside of Ohio State. You factor in the conflict, San Diego State, and you have to try your second best team on your schedule. So, not too much that uh, surprise me, but Toledo is usually picked as one of the teams in this conference that is going to win the conference. And right now, they look like a team that could compete for the quad fan, dealing away both in passing yards and in rushing yards. A dual threat quarterback, local guy from, uh, from around the Toledo area, he's been great for that. We've seen him play last year. We saw him a little bit later before. He didn't really hurt us in those games because we were able to find a way to win those games. But I think going into this game, even though we're at home, even though it's overcoming, the stakes are a lot higher for us. It's a must-win game. We absolutely cannot afford to drop to one and five because they only one loss away from the afternoon to become the So I think the way that you look at it, right, is – you have to treat every single game for the rest of the season as the Super Bowl, as the college football playoff, as the biggest game on your schedule, and you have to find a way to win those games. If you look at the conference schedule, I know it's only one weekend, but there are a couple of teams that are already uh, a game out of us in the standings, and then they play the second game. So, and some, some are going to be a game and a half, but you have the rest of those talents ahead of you. You have to win those head-to-heads. You don't have any one non-conference games to fall back on. And you really don't have any one leeway with the season. Like I said, you lose two more games, and you know, every game has to be one people out. It's a lot harder to win the conference at five and seven when you lost three games in the non-conference. If you lose four in non-conference, there's no way they're going to end up getting to Detroit. But this team had high expectations going into the season. A lot of people in this town and around this area were talking about this team being a top 25 team, talking about this team getting a chance to be their sixth goal in 10 wins, a whole bunch of things. But right now, we're sitting at one and four. We kind of lost our rhythm. It's not that we are losing games, but it's the manner in which we are losing games. It like this, right? Vanderbilt, you have a 10 point game in the third quarter, and that's what Told you you had to leave late in the fourth quarter after coming all the way back and the other part of that. And then both still, like I said, 17 point lead in the fourth quarter to ESPN with profitability in the fourth quarter was upwards of 93 to 95 percent. So they were giving them a great opportunity to win basically saying that Paul State needed a miracle. And they got one. But if you look back at the history of this game, last year they needed a miracle to come back and beat them. This um, two seasons ago, they did the same thing against us. We started off up early in the COVID year, we ended up losing in the third quarter. And then if we go back even a year before that, 
We had a huge lead at the half. I think they were like 17 and the lead again. So over the last four years, it doesn't matter what players we have on the field. This is going to be that we've been prone to drop a hand lead in. So it is what it is. Honorably must move in the next team that's on the schedule, like I said. This weekend at Husky Stadium, hopefully. Hence to be able to join here by Rocky here in a few minutes. Hopefully, uh, Hopefully he's feeling better, hopefully he's getting back in the lineup. And then Mike Nelson is on the field. We'll first guest outside of Rocky on the show at Fatty's this season. And starting center Pete Tiger. Interested to get to know him. Haven't had him on the show yet. Whether it's here or uh, just the regular shows that I do over at the Chester Park. It's going to be a good opportunity to get to know the newest member of our offensive line, the anchor of that offensive line, and someone that from what I've heard, the strongest man on the team. So we'll find out who can see if there's something strong or whatever that may be. But be interested to see what his bench press numbers and squat numbers, all that stuff look like. But one thing that I saw on Saturday that I'm not a big fan of was after John Richardson missed his kick, the Ball State players were all kind of mocking the celebration and all kind of doing that. Ice in my veins is like mock weapon, so I didn't like that. Obviously, they're able to to find a way to win a football game with the Browns top trophy. But back to the way that we're losing, it's just all of these games have been winnable. And the difference between this year's team and last year's team is all those lucky games, those games that you win by one or two, maybe three points, we were able to win those games in those tough situations. This year, the story has not been the same. We haven't been able to get those clutch first downs up there before that. We haven't been able to get off the field. We haven't been able to be stopped. And then on top of all that, we've had questionable coaching decisions. I mean, maybe not so much this week, but in weeks past. This week, there wasn't really anything that I was scratching my head with other than running a draw play after the But there's a reason why I host the show. And I'm not the coach of the football team, so we'll leave those decisions up to coach But looking at for what it is, like, it's survival mode at this point. You have to, to just find a way to win one game at a time and then move on to your next opponent. Luckily for this team, it's kind of a model that they've taken out over the last few years. You find a way to win one, one game at a time. You go one and all this week and you move on to the next game. Toledo by the numbers as a team this year. They've been scoring quite a few points in their games. If you pull up uh, what they've been able to do, so as a team, they're averaging 33 points a game. Uh, their quarterback has accounted for 967 yards through the air with 1,300 yards all purpose. He has 336 yards on the ground. He also has five touchdowns. So five touchdowns on the ground, eight touchdowns on the air, but five interceptions. And one thing that you've seen in this defense, in this season, is their ability to create turnovers. So I do think, while this is going to be a tough game for defense, Jaquan Finn has shown that he's given the ball away this season. So there's no reason why we can get a strip sack. We can cause a couple of interceptions here or there. Because we're going to need them because this is going to be a high-scoring game. And it could be one of those games that it could just be the last team with the ball and some winning game. So we need to have as many defensive stops as we can have, have as many negative plays. We have to find a way to win the turnover margin by two. It's just one by one, find a way to win the turnover margin by two. 
not something like football is fairly hard, I guess. Not too many too many things. Okay, I was like, this is way too early for something that's going to be so hard. You guys might pick me off yet. And maybe not to the main event. But they are able to move the ball in a variety of different ways. They spread the ball around with the receivers. They have quite a few guys at 10 or more receptions on the year. Uh, but they're a team that utilizes that quarterback strength. So the quarterback, if you do them out, 336 yards on the year, four games. I don't know why I said didn't happen. I'm terrible at math. But he's a little under, uh, I'd say like 75 yards a game, something like that. Got five touchdowns, averaging 6.9 yards a pop, has long 38 yards. So it's a guy that, between the defensive ends, the guys like Michael Kennedy, guys like Devontae Allen, they're on that D line. They have to be able to keep their contained. And then for the people at the second level of the defense, Kyle Hughes, the Bayburn Raiders of the world, and the different teams in the world, they have to be able to wrap up the tackle because you have a quarterback that presents that issue for your defense. It's just another thing that you have to worry about. And we've seen over the last few years that running quarterbacks have given us issues. So I hope that somewhere in the, uh, in the game plan for this week, we have the ability to, to put a QB spy on our defense because if we don't have a QB spy, it's going to be us looking at his back for a lot out there on the So, first things first, we have to be able to go out there and stop the ball. So, they can beat you with his arm, and if he has to do that, then I think we have to as good as an opportunity to win this game as possible. In the receiving game, they're leading the Super Bowl, Javier Marquez. He, uh, on the season, has been 29 catches, 341 yards in the touchdown. Uh, not too overwhelming of numbers like their next leading their next leading receiver on the season has 13 catches, 251 yards. Two times, his name is Jawan Newton. Neither of them are huge guys, so with our undersized and inexperienced corners, I do love them having a matchup for clients around the 525 range. If uh a team time really be physical and find a way to take them off their zone and get them out of their rhythm so that if you keep the point of him away from person you on the ground and away from person only through the air, you do a good job at covering those receivers. It's going to be a tough day for that offense. On the defensive side of the ball for uh, Toledo, their numbers are going to be a little inflated because they gave up uh, 77 points against Ohio State. As many points as I think we will have the opportunity to go out there and score on Saturday, I don't think it's going to be 77. But if you look at their games throughout the week, so it gets to shut out week one against Washington. Only gave up 10 against Massachusetts. Two teams that are in like the bottom of the bottom of the division one California. I don't even know how this division one. I think that's actually a And then Ohio State, 77-21, got absolutely slow in that game. Heading on San Diego State, as any San Diego State game goes, 17-14, absolute white-up affair, a real sticker. And then last week, they really found their rhythm offensively, got the three and two on the season, and they beat a very good Central Michigan team, 38 to 17 at their place. And I mean, 38 to 17 doesn't do it justice. At one point, this game was 31 to 80, 31 to 3, not 31 to 11. So they scored a lot of points this year, but enough of a gap for me. We're joined by the man of our quarterback, Mr. Rock. I'm great. How are you? So you guys just got out of practice. 
And I asked the first things first. So I didn't get the chance to ask the last one, but have you been able to still like grow, live, work out, do all that type of stuff? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I keep progressing to get better every day. So uh, I keep being able to do more and more stuff every week. So I'm starting to grow a little bit this week, starting to do some running, changing direction. So we're reading we're trying to And then, as far as the process is going, I understand that you can't give me a return date, but how has that process been going in the media? Such a shout out to the athletics and the standard work. Yeah, so uh, you know, being in this frustrating process, uh, you, know, you, you really just try to take it one day at a time. So, you know, make research and to keep it and um, everybody, everybody that's helped me out, I've been a lot of help from those guys. So, I really appreciate them for what they do for me. And uh, looking forward to being back on the field soon. They may or may not see you this week. I don't know. I'm surprised. So, with that being said, what's the most frustrating part about not being able to play? I would just say seeing seeing the contribution you could have made in the game. Uh, for me, it's just not being able to be out there and, and you know put myself out there for the team. You know, I know that they expect a lot from me, and I expect a lot from myself. So not be able to do that is pretty frustrating. So offensively, you get 38 points last week. Obviously, you weren't out there, but Justin and Ethan were doing everything. Justin almost had 100 yards on the ground. Ethan almost had 200 yards. They're really moving the ball throughout periods of that game. What did you see offensively that has you confident about when you get back at the line? Well, the run game's been fantastic, obviously. I don't have the exact stats, but we rushed for 340 yards. 332. 332, yeah, something crazy like that. So that's new for us this year. We haven't had a great run game, except for Kentucky was good, and then last week was really good, obviously. But... uh, yeah, cinnamon sugar, that's what I'm calling it. Cinnamon sugar, so they're doing well. I'm going to move the team down the field. 38 points is, is a good performance on offense for us. So, still some things we need to clean up, but the run game's been great. We've been executing for the most part of the past team, so uh, a lot of progression. And then I know you're kind of a coach out there right now. I see the hat made it to the back on the side of the hat. Sometimes it's first loss this week, it's unfortunate, but. From your receivers, what have you seen that you like? I got the chance to talk to Casper last night. He told me I was going to score. He didn't quite, so I'm happy in that aspect. But what have you seen from your past catchers and other players on the offensive side of the ball that have been really good? Yeah, they've been fantastic. Uh, you know, I've talked about a lot of the media, but they've put in so much work this offseason. Um, you, you can just see how much better they've gotten from last fall to winter, from winter to spring to the fall. I mean, it's been incredible to watch them keep getting better and, and they're eager to learn and they're eager to get better. Uh, you know, has done fantastic for us this year. He's improved a lot. Thanks for obviously we talked about him a lot. He's a little speed team out there. They can catch this one touchdowns and pull up this for a while. And we got some other guys too. It's been great. National Mars coming back soon. So that, that room's been impressive. Uh, it's made my job a lot easier this year, so I'm very thankful for, for the work that they've been doing. And then the elephant in the room. So, the way the ball has not been falling our way this season, we sit here and I went for, and again, so it's only one game in the conference, but you still have a lot of football left to play. A lot can still happen. To be honest, the rest of the conference is not really all doing that well right now. What do you guys think is the most important thing? For you to do to turn this season around and get right back in the win column. 
Yeah, we, we just got to look at the football. You know, we're, we're one, one possession away in every game. Uh, you know, we just as easily can be 5 and all right So, you know, one possession goes differently offensively or defensively, you know, and all those four losses. You know, we're sitting in a lot of different situations than we are now. You know, sometimes, like you said, the ball doesn't fall on the way, and, you know, we have to move on both boards and then put I, I really feel confident about what our team's at right now. I, I don't see a game on our schedule that we can't win or shouldn't win. So, for us, it's just focusing on us, going out and next year. Yeah, I want to everybody do their job, but the practice today. So, you guys, I know you guys, you guys left in the morning, right? When you were practicing tonight. So, what was the vibe like today and how did everything go? Yeah, the energy has still been really good, honestly. I mean, I think just like I said, the team feels that energy. Uh, we just as easily could be coming up. So, you know, we're not outing. We're not down to bounce. The energy is still there. Uh, we know what's ahead of us. We know what we can still accomplish this season. So, you know, we're focused on today. And, uh, today we had a good practice, and I expect the same thing on tomorrow. We had great, great practices all last week, so. Just, just trust about taking it day by day, continuing to, to do the best we can, and showing up on Sunday. And you talk about four quarters of football, so I was saying a little bit before you guys got here. Last year we had walk on our side. There was one possession games where I definitely weren't like you guys to be in the conference championship and end up winning the conference championship. And I think you put it perfectly there. It's like, you look at a possession here against me, Possession here against Tulsa. This last week, it's like those small details that they were letting slip, you guys were letting slip through the cracks, but ultimately all adding up to one big detail, and then we end up losing the game. But like you said, so I went through the rest of the schedule for us a little bit, but to take a look at it for you. So Toledo this week, homecoming week, your second time coming better than anyone. So let's talk about them defensively. What do you know about them, and what will we see uh, from Toledo this week? Uh, they're they're stout defense. They're you know they're probably the best defense in the or at least in the top, in the conversation for the best. Um, so they're a good squad. They're, they're physical. They play hard. Um, you know, they, they run a, they run a base defense just like basically everybody cover cover base defense. Um, they do a lot of one time stuff. So you know, I'm excited to see us go out next year. I think we got a good defense so far. Obviously we're still developing it right now, but. Um, you know, they're, they're not going to we can't get through their kind of defense that we're going to look at and say we can execute because you know, we, we saw what we did last week against Ball State. We're going to do the same thing. We're going to keep going running. We're going to score third down. We're just going to score points. On the topic of controlling the run game, I just got joined by an anchor of the offensive line. I said, Pete Niger. So, Pete also went to practice tonight. A little sweaty, look at you work up a little bit of sweat, but how is everything going for you the last few days? Well, it's been going really good. Just uh, stay busy for Paul. You know, just uh, being with the team and trying to do everything to help this team you know, get to the end of the So it's been good. So I got to ask you, first time on the show, what beautiful setting is this? We got a nice crowd here. But you end up coming to NIU to continue your college football career. What led you to that decision and how do you think it's turned out since you got here? Uh, it was the coaches. Uh, I believed in them and they believed in me. And that was uh, pretty much the sole reason I came here. And uh, it's been great, obviously. I've uh, lived in Europe since I came here in uh, January 21. And uh, coaches have 
you know, everything you said for your recruiting has come through. So it's just been an honor. What's it like working with this guy over here? Oh, it's freaking awesome. I talked to this guy, you know, like, you know, like just, he's a, he's a leader of our team, a great leader, you know, a great football player, even better man. You know, it's just, like, it's great, you know, to go to work for him every morning. You guys do take good care of uh, I'll turn it over to the senior. So, yeah, in what areas did you see this guy improve since he went from the <laughs> team guy, a second unit guy, to now raising a center and a center turning to the other team? Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing to be always from the You know, obviously, being young, freshman, uh, he's also put on weight, put on strengths, he makes him a leader, weight room. He's a. Uh, Set some records, right? He's been a And then his knowledge of the game is grown too. We talked a lot about protections and where the points are running and making sure that we're both on the same page. We can get paid. You can see the growth throughout the season. You can see it in front ball. So he's, he's on the right track. So I had to wait until a couple of alignment made it in here, but this, this one's for Pete. So I've heard from many sources, even last season when we saw the rack dog be probably the strongest player on the team. Is that true? And if it's not true, who's the second strongest? Uh, I'm probably one of the strongest. I don't know if I'm the strongest at all. Uh, Jeff Griffin on the line's pretty strong. Uh, Monte was pretty strong. The whole line was strong. Logan Sherman's is a, he's a name all the way through. Um, I definitely put myself up in the top five of the team. So, to get into the starting lineup, a lot of people don't know the hard work on the So, look through your journey that took you to get into the starting lineup. Who are some of the players that helped you in practice to make you the player that you are today? Oh, uh, first person after playing was Brad Patton. Um, when I came here in spring of 21, I did nothing. He took me under his wing, just taught me to through the whole offense. Um, and then the first couple weeks I got here, I just helped me. I'm an awesome just the rest of the old line. Uh, they've all been uh, great. You know, we, we have our fun and everything. And we, uh, you know, when we have to go to work, we go to work. And, uh, you know, they made sure, you know, if I was going to be the guy this year, they want me, you know, be prepared, um, you know, to obviously, you know, be in the same position, you know, to, you know, have all line uh, dominant this year. It's a tough game. You gotta get a perfect snap off, and then you gotta protect this guy. You guys do a good job of protecting him. But we'll hop into this week's matchup. So, and we've already gotten into this a little bit of time. From the offensive side of the ball, even if you're not able to play, what do you want to see from the offense this week so we can put up enough points to uh, the average of 33 35? So, we're gonna need a lot to make this game. What do you want to see from the yeah, uh, like I said earlier, I want to see if the run game can establish and we've done a great job of the last two weeks. We've got to be able to run the ball to stay in the offense. I think we're in a good spot to do that. I think uh, you know, if we can progressively get better running the football, and I think that this is also a great addition for a run game. I think it really adds a, an aspect of the game for defensive coordinators to account for it. So the run game's got to be established, and then we got to execute on third downs. Even developing uh, rapidly throughout the So, you know, whether it's me or Ethan out there, we're going to make sure that we execute our third down, keep the chains loaded, um, and, and you know, that's going to ultimately be the score of points. It's going to be a beautiful game with match on Saturday. There's going to be a lot of points. And uh, I said earlier, it might be one of those games where it's like three to five stops. It's like 
It shouldn't be like that. That's the beautiful part about it. Um, so we'll switch it over to Pete. A little bit of a different angle, obviously. You're, you're the guy that's leading us in the battle, right? Every play. What do you want to see from the offense this week in order to keep the game up? I think like 25, points. Oh, yeah, like Rocky said, uh, the percentage is running ball. That's why I think, you know, you have to be able to run ball with the ball. You know, it's not just about the up front. You know, just get a physical dominant, physical goal to get inside the ball. And, uh, you know, also taking our shots when we have them. You know, let the Rockets go back to it out a little bit. You know, do what they do well. And uh, just overall, just come together as a team. Put a complete game together. Get a W right here. Yeah, I need a complete game, and I need a W like that in the because I was getting roasted by Paul State, but in this afternoon, I was just like, stick on that road, just don't say anything, we'll see you next year. And honestly, like, it's way too early in the conference to be, there's it's one game, one, two games, it's way too early, so especially when everybody still has to play each other for the rest of the way here, I know, but uh, you're a major, so what are you majoring in right now? I'm a physiology major, and uh, I'm trying to be uh, somewhere like strength performance and sports performance. Trying to be a strength coach for a division one football team someday. And you've got a couple workouts for this guy to help him back and find out maybe, maybe this is your intern in the training room, but let's switch back over to you, Robin. So, this upcoming week, second chance at homecoming academy, right? I'm assuming you probably got some family coming. You're not from too far away. Family. You still live over in Iowa? Or? Yeah, so not too far. What are you looking forward to the most out of this homecoming game, especially if that's the opponent that's against? Yeah, I think I'm looking forward to most seeing, seeing everybody coming out. Homecoming is a special time everywhere, so no matter where you're at. Uh, a lot of former players usually come back. family coming in, coming to see. So just to see everybody out there, you know, just goes to the athletes that come to the game with fans. Uh, it's a special atmosphere, especially because, like you said, the, the home plans, you know, it's a big game for us. Uh, I think the, uh, the school understands that, and you know, they have to put some degree, and that's what makes it special. I'll say it because I know you can talk for me now. I said, talk, talk for me, or what? You know, I said it. 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 What are you looking forward to most about your first homecoming start? I would just be playing in front of all the NU fans and like students and everything. Uh, you know, it's homecoming. We've got to bring home with W. And, you know, obviously, we're playing a team like Toledo. You know, we're not really game. Uh, we're going to go beat them and beat them by a lot. So, the system is dominating. Yeah. Oh, he's my million. So, you see the offensive line, they started to pile in over here. This, this is your first year in the NIL with Fatties, or were you part of the last year too? So, first year as an NIL sponsored athlete here at Fatties. What's your favorite part about it? I mean, too, what's your favorite meal here? I mean, you can't be free food. Uh, you know, we've been alignment, I like to eat. Um, the owners are awesome, the place is awesome. It's definitely go to a restaurant where I want to go to eat. I'm a big fan of the steak LT. It's a big, you know, red meat guy. I love it. Not surprised that the center likes steak. I too like steak, but I didn't eat enough of it because I never pulled up like you did. So, right, we're going to exclude your sandwich. If you haven't tried yet, try the Lombardi sandwich. But what is your, your second favorite thing here on the menu? Um, so, I would say it's a tie. I love the wing pretzel. I love the, the 
pretzel bun, chicken sandwich, and then uh, the Italian beef sandwich. It's called the Coach or Godfather or Godfather, right? I love it. It's got a positive. It's on there. Right? So, it's dead. I always do it dead. Bread's got to be wet. Uh, but yeah, those are my top two. You got to send the sandwich to the bottom of the Azure Ocean, right? But for you, man, uh, you're, not, you're not in the league yet. You don't have that big contract. But give you the opportunity to take care of the guys. Have you noticed uh, a little extra block here or a little, <laughs> a little extra push there since uh, you guys have started having the dinners here? Uh, I don't know about that. Maybe, maybe every once in a while they give you a little extra push, but uh, they, they do a great job. Uh, quite a bit of extra pushes. You just you watch them come. The effort that they play with uh, third shorts, you know, guys getting stopped the line. You see three, four line back there pushing the pile. I mean, that's that's hard. It's not pretty few sets. So uh, that's what's something special that we do here. But you don't see a lot of the pushes. Yeah, the dogs got to eat, man. Make sure to take care of business out there on Saturday. The best offensive line in the MAC, arguably the line. But over here, your favorite play of the season, Pete. You've had a lot of breakout runs. You've seen a lot of great passes. You've seen some, some scrambles from both quarterbacks and three quarterbacks this season. So we haven't seen this guy scramble. Like I said a few shows ago, it's, I take full blame because I asked you to scramble more and then you got hurt. So it's on me. But What's your favorite place so far this season? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, and also, I think uh, Saturday is still the one 50 yard plus touchdown I had here on the front midfield. Just all uh, over beautifully and just took off and did the rest. But I'd also say Eastern Illinois, uh, leaving my tight end, first touchdown in his career. You know, uh, you know, I'm off this line, but I love passing and to see him probably get his first pass touchdown was, uh, was really cool. Dude, I was talking about what's been pumping so hard under the table on the press box that that game. I was just like, let's go, Liam. But, yeah, it was good to see him get that touchdown. That's one of my guys on the team. Good tight end. And, and honestly, the tight end room between him, Davis, and George Jones, with the injuries that they've had, have really all stepped up in their spots. But on the offensive line, it's a tough battle, right? Like, you're always going up against the most physical and strongest players on the other team. What has the adjustment period been like the last time you were playing consistent staff with high school? Yeah, and honestly, uh, it really hasn't been a big deal. You know, again, what I have to do with these guys, I'm not too familiar with You know, they make my job easy. Um, so I just have to go out there and do my job. Uh, but yeah, I know first game, I was definitely nervous and everything. And, you know, He's kind of playing too uptight. You know, these last couple games kind of put looser and, uh, you know, just trying to honestly just have fun with this football. And it's supposed to be fun. And just go out there playing guys and just, you know, dominate and see what's nothing like it. And then to kind of double down on that question, so you guys got to play Kentucky at Kentucky. Talk about the DVGs, talk about the arms, like, the confused pumps on your arm. What was it like running out there in Lexington, Kentucky, in front of 60,000 screaming fans? Yeah, you know, it was kind of cool to go uh, play an SEC opponent at night. Honestly, you know, when I first played with Don, he locked in the game. Just, you know, we had a objective. We went in there and tried to win the game. You know, we obviously came up a little bit short, but, you know, we had a job to do. It. I think the whole team was focused. Uh, we had definitely run out of time for the first time. We had just had a play stream. It looks like it would be a lot of fun. So we'll switch over to Rocky. We'll, we'll get two points. So, your favorite play that you were a part of during the season, and then your favorite play that you've seen since you've been sideline? 
Uh, I mean, personally, I think my favorite play was my second touchdown pass to Casper uh, against Leo. We were doing like a little cut play and had to throw it around the linebacker side on. Yeah, that was probably my favorite play. Just a little, just a unique play. Um, you know, these guys keep it clean so often. We just have drawn it up right. It's nice to you know, show off a little sidearm, a little something. Little Mahomes. Yeah, little Mahomes. So. Uh, but my favorite play that I had been a part of was probably the first touchdown pass that I, that I saw Ethan throw. Ethan threw one while I was getting checked out, so I, I missed that one. Oh, yeah. um, but the, the under route to Cole Tucker, we ended up taking it 60 yards. Um, just to see him kind of sit in there and be confident, deliver balls. Uh, it's pretty special for me because I, you know, I, I, I've taken him under my wing and I've tried to teach him everything that I can. And, uh, Make sure that he knows what he's doing out there and to see him progress throughout the season. Some voice it's like your little brother is growing all the way up. He's good enough at golf to be. Okay, I had to ask because I know you guys golf a lot. So it's been an interesting time to see the, the youth on this team get their opportunities. I talked a little bit about Mario and I know the defensive side of the ball. A lot of players uh, were just, you know, our last meeting for football, high school football, getting thrust into the uh, into the fire, and a lot of players coming back and doing well. But now that you've had the time for both of you guys to look at the film from Ball State, what would you say are some areas that you want to see improved upon going into the league? Uh, just, just execution overall. I think there's just some small things where – uh, that ended up being huge mistakes, really, like not, not making a protection check or making the right back protection, not getting into the right play at the right time. It's just it's just really little details that, you know, especially when you've got a young quarterback and you know, young players out there, uh, sometimes they make those mistakes. So it's a process where you sure you stay on, stay on them and make sure that they're executing the game plan and, and uh, making the checks that they need to. And then, B, for you, I know uh, the film room is not a fun place, but now that you guys have had time to take a look at the film, what are some things that you want to clean up going into the match? Yeah, the biggest thing is just playing the full uh, football game, the 60 minutes of good football. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, playing a good half or three quarters, even three and a half quarters, but you know, to win, you know, you have to play a good 60 minutes. And, uh, you know, if we do that, it's going to be a real big problem. So, uh, yeah, just. You know, from uh, first play to the last, just play good football and do what we do. Man, you're a young man. You got many years left here at NIU, but I always ask players, especially when it's their first time on the show, what are three goals that you want to accomplish before you leave here? Uh, that's a good question. I'll have to think a little bit about that one. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah, honestly, just uh, win as many match championships as I can, obviously. So, at four years old, barely left. So, four match championships, um, win a bowl game, multiple bowl games one year. Um, the last bowl game was on since 2011. So, uh, get back to uh, get some wins of bowl games. And then, honestly, be ranked uh, nationally in the top 25 polls. I think, you know, that'd be really cool to have any do that again. So, I've been three goals. Yeah, that top 25 would be nice. I thought, you know, if things went our way this year, that this was the year that I couldn't say it was. But we got to get past Toledo and 
after Toledo, we started new season against Eastern Michigan. So it's just one game at a time. You have to find a way to win the football game each week. But the last the last week we were here, me and Rocky tried out a little a little celebrity camera. So uh, Rocky did beat me. He went four and two. The games that we picked, so Rocky picked Oklahoma State, we picked Lake Forest, we picked North Carolina State. We both picked the Bears since the Bears did not play. Uh, they played, you know what I will say? The Bears left me more disappointed than any team that I root for this weekend, so I'll say that. And we got a Packers fan in here. I know you guys won in overtime. It's terrible, but uh, the final game that we had on there was the game that ultimately was the difference maker. Rocky said the Bills would win. I said the Ravens would win. So we had all the same picks before that. Rocky wins it on a 19-yard field goal after Lamar Jackson and the boys couldn't finish it off. So I went through and looked at all the games for this week and tried to pick like three ranked games again. And uh, NFL game, we're going to keep to little guest picker over here. But I'll start with the first game, ranked matchup. College football, Utah versus UCLA. Uh, UCLA and Utah both score a lot of points, but I like, I think the quarterback plays like the most important. So who do you think wins this game? It's at UCLA. That's that's interesting. You said quarterback goes down. I'm curious who can pick. I think they're both good teams for sure. I think they're both in a great season so far. Um, Utah dropped one to Florida early. Uh, UCLA is still undefeated. So they've been hot. I'm going to stick with the hot hand. Goes UCLA. Uh, Not necessarily because of the quarterback play, but I just think UCLA is the better team. They got the Chip Kelly offense and uh, yeah, they did win a great game last week against uh, Washington, who was actually pretty highly ranked. And they've been playing good football. Utah's been playing good football the last week. So hey, who do you think will win on Utah versus Washington? Oh yeah, I'm gonna go this one from you know still is coming on fleet, you know, playing the home base. And uh, yeah, you know, uh, I think the quarterback's very good. I think we're going to come away from one team. So the team that was actually closest with them on the season was Bowling Green. Bowling Green was on like, like 31 to 17 or something like that. They ended up losing, but see, I don't know when I see, even if it's not you guys, when I see the map, the map flag, I think we were going to have to go I think it's also worth mentioning that UCLA's home field advantage is not. <laughs> yeah, next time uh, when you tune into the UCLA game, you can probably pump the crowd on one hand because it's, I don't know, they're going to go to the Big Ten too. So, you know how Big Ten country is, you know how Big Ten crowds are. That, that's not going to play in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I'm going to say UCLA too. I, I like Dorian Tom, uh, Thompson Robinson. Chip Kelly calls a good offense. I don't think, like you said, there's really any home field advantage, but I think uh, they got good players on the team. They got that kid from uh, the Michigan transfer, Jack Sharp, and that's a running back. He's a really good back, too. So uh, this is the game, the game of the week, college game days rolling here. Uh, Kansas football is great. Kansas football is undefeated. They beat Iowa State last week. They Look really good. Their quarterback Jalen Daniels has looked good throughout the season. And uh, as someone who can appreciate like the team that everybody comes out, that's all being an IU fan. It's fun watching Kansas. But on the other side of that, TCU hasn't been great in a while. They look phenomenal too. So 
who do you think wins that one? That's Big Ten Conference State. So. Yeah, it, it's really good. It's really it's cool to see the guys doing well this year. Obviously, they're in a great season so far. The quarterback play for good. I think they're all very good team. Uh, I do think TCU looked really good last week. So I, mean, I could go TCU. Um, shout out to my boy Colin Brenwell, by the way. Go to Kansas. Notre Dame. Oh, yeah, he was at Notre Dame. Yeah, that's my boy. So, shout out to Colin. I'm sorry. I'm going to go TCU. So we can tell you the Cinderella story versus the Horn Frogs. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I like this in this matchup. Um, you know, I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. I'm going to have to go with the Cinderella story. The last time Kansas was good at football, I was like still riding the bus. So that was a long time ago. So uh, if TCU looks good, their quarterback, Max Duggan, has looked really good. But from Iowa, the Iowa product, Max Duggan. But I'm going to ride with Pete on this one, and I'm going to say the Jayhawks win this one. That's going to be at uh, Lawrence, Kansas, where the Jayhawks play at College Game. It's going to be this it's like the game of the program over the last few years. And then you can't have this one on the schedule and not put it on the pickle. But the Red River Shootout, uh, the Red River Showdown, whatever they call it, it's a neutral site game, but it's set on ESPN, Texas at Oklahoma. I don't think Texas is back yet, but I also don't think Oklahoma is very good this year. So it could be a good game, but who do you think wins that one? Yeah, I completely agree. I think both teams are. Down for their program standards, so it is a tough play. Um, I like the way Texas has looked as of recently compared to their, their last couple of years. Um, Oklahoma is obviously a little down, but they're still Oklahoma. Uh, I think I'm going to have to go Oklahoma with the home centers here, but uh, I think it's going to be really close. Maybe for the last show of the year, we can get like the lead course on that. That'd be pretty cool. So, repeat for you. Uh, Texas, Oklahoma, Red River Showdown. Who you got winning this one? I think Oklahoma is 2 and 2 and Texas against 3 and 1 on here. Yeah, I mean, Barbara Games, you never know what's going to happen. It's always the craziest game of the year. Uh, I actually like Oklahoma in this matchup. Uh, you know, Brett Venables, I think this is his first win in this rivalry. You know, I think uh, I'm doing for Oklahoma. I like the home field games in that. There's one thing that Brad Venables can do is call a damn defense. And, uh, I don't know. I feel this is going to be a game that is going to be like our game against Alabama, right? Like, probably a game that comes down to the final possession. But in, in typical chaotic fashion, uh, just strictly due to chaos only, in fact, Oklahoma has won this game a lot over. I don't see them losing three games in a row regardless of how bad they may be this year. I'm going to say Oklahoma, but that will change, and I will post a tweet if Gabriel if Gabriel's not playing on set. It's like oh, the yeah, same, yeah, yeah, because yeah, if Gabriel's not playing, they're not going to win that game. But if he plays, I think he comes back super mad at the entire state of Texas because I don't know if you saw that hit. They was like, 15 yard or a targeting like injection, like it was kind of cheap. So yeah, I hate to see that for me, especially for a quarterback. But we move to the NFL. 
this is another game too that if it's like if it's on the schedule, if you get an AFC North game, you have to put it on there. Uh, Joe Cool, Joe Bingo goes to Baltimore to take on the Jets. And I saw a stat this afternoon. The Ravens were like 156 and three before this season with a lead of 17 points or more. They are 0 and 2 and going to the lead of 17 points before this season. So a big spot for the Ravens a must win game, but also a must win game for Snow and Jerk, too, right? You know, this, this will be a good game. Um, I think since it's looked good at Baltimore, it's going to be a tight one. I think Baltimore is going to be a little set up for last week. I like the way Baltimore looks more than the way Cincinnati looks. I'm going to have to go with Baltimore. Although I do love Joe Cool. Then I got to ask too. So, what are your thoughts on white on the white Bengals jerseys? Those things look pretty sick on Thursday. So at first, when I first saw, I was not a fan, but when when they wore whatever last week, they were undeniably they're jerseys. Your initial thoughts when you saw the white out. They even changed the field too. They did the end zone the white. They did the center and the field It was pretty crazy. Oh, I liked it. You know, obviously the field, you know, the white out and the fans, you know, all had a white out. So they all got behind the idea. So I thought it was really cool. Um, yeah, it was going to be really tough. But I'm going to go to Cincinnati. You know, I think they're going to start getting over this whole thing over a little bit. And, uh, you know, I think they got a really, really good team. And, uh, you know, as long as the offensive line is open, keep her protected so you can make throws. I think Cincinnati's going to win. As a uh, famous Phil Belichick once said, we're on to Cincinnati. But for us, we're on to Toledo. For me, uh, Lamar Jackson got me on this whole like, being found one game right here. So I got to go back to Lamar. I got to give Lamar uh, a win. And it's at home. Uh, I'll just say, if they go up 17, I'm going to turn the game off because I know they're going to lose. So I hope that it's like, it's like Joe Burrow comes out fire and they go up early and then the Ravens come back and just, maybe just a tire loss. But this next game, we have a, the lone undefeated team in the NFL. The Philadelphia Eagles, they showed some heart and some great uh, yesterday to come back against uh, – it was, they played those Jaguars yesterday, and uh, they were down 14. They ended up winning the game, I think, by like eight or something. But can travel to Arizona. Arizona is one of those top teams that I'm really going to expect. Yeah, like you said, Arizona is unpredictable. Uh, they have really six parameters out there. They've been good, but they've been unpredictable. Uh, I really like the way Philly's looking this week. Um, I, I'm sure they're going to drop a game, but I don't think it's just going to have to take this. Yeah, you're going to check and see if it's a double XP week. I don't know. Kyle Murray's stats are his numbers are going to go down, but I will let you know as I call you. But what's double XP? That's the game. So I'm not on the way to win it, so you can bump that, man. But over here for Pete, who do you think wins between the Eagles and the unbreakable Cardinals Warlocks? Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles as well. I think Jalen Hurts has played really well this year. And I just think the, you know, the chemistry is really good. I'm going to go with the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is uh, Jalen Hurts. He's like an MVP candidate. He's been the best quarterback so far this season. The Eagles have looked good. The Cardinals, they're just not pretty good. I don't know what you're talking about. 
Uh, just a quick statement on this week's game against Toledo, and we'll go ahead and wrap it up for this evening. Yeah, uh, I think we're really excited to play this week. Uh, obviously, it's a rivalry game for us. I think the team's ready to go. Uh, we're still moving in the right direction. We haven't had the result we want, but um, we're confident. We're playing hard. We're practicing really well. So, for us, it's just about going out and executing. You know, come out the wrong time. We're excited to play for you guys. And then for you, uh, what would you say is like your, your final statement here before you ride off and get the sunset and get ready for homecoming this weekend? Oh, yeah, just, uh, honestly, it's just when uh, we need to find a way to win. And, uh, you know, our team's put in the work and we're turning the right direction in practice and it's the right start. You know, getting those studies into how long we're, you know, moving we're going in the right direction. We're really thinking. Yeah, I mean, I just looked at my non existent watch and just find a way to win the football game a clock. I need, like, I need air. Um, I don't want to lead on Twitter and make fun of me this week, so I hope that you guys can win because I like I posted a pod this morning and usually it's like people come out on Twitter write comments, I'll leave comments on there, I'll retweet it and stuff. But it was like an hour in and it was just like one ball state account. And I'm like, no, nah, I'm I'm not taking the bait this morning, but I'm gonna do the show whether we win, lose, or draw. Luckily, it's not soccer, so we can't draw. But we either win or lose, and we live with the results. We can fight. We can live to fight another day. That's the thing that I love most about this team. You guys are one in four, but still have an opportunity to be below. Still have an opportunity to go to compete for a conference. But like you guys always say, you gotta go one and zero each week and let the rest take care of itself. For us, we went one and zero this week. So we put together a great show. Got this guy up on the mic for the first time. We got you, you know, back on the mic. For, you're a season vet at this point. When you're done playing, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. If you're not coaching, I wouldn't be surprised to see it in my broadcast too. But for us this evening here at Fatties, the third edition of the Rocky Lombardi Show is coming to a close. We will be live every Monday until the new match begins. Make sure to stay tuned to the Huskies on Tap channel on Apple and Spotify for future episodes of the show. Rocky and I will be back next week to recap the Toledo game and take a look, a look ahead to the Eastern Michigan game. If you stopped in to see, we really do appreciate you for taking the time to spend this evening with us. Hope you enjoyed your meal. Hope you enjoyed a couple beers, some Monday night football. Even if you're catching the show on your favorite podcast platform, we appreciate you as well. This was the Rocky Lombardi Show presented to you by Hotel Sports and brought to you by Maddie's College World. I'm your host, Brandon Torres. You can follow me on Twitter at dmountainbird. You can follow Rocky at Rocky underscore Lombardi. You can follow Pete at Pete underscore 954. And you can follow our main account at Huskies on Tap. We look forward to seeing you here throughout the season. Get out to Husky Stadium on Saturday and go Husky. Yeah. Yeah. I got dreams of living left in the kitchen with magic. I got dreams of living left in the kitchen with magic. We got London on the track. I ain't asked now for nothing. I took the heart away. Twelve put me over, coming with it. They took my heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Heart away. Jumping in hard.